Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Beyonce sits lay, Shantae, you stay. You say that's fishy, well I say he's dishy. We say that's fierce, so sing all my queers. Don't go nowhere, just prick up your ears. The word of the gay. Welcome to Word of the Gay, where we aim to dissect common words in the queer lexicon with regard to their history, contemporary usage in the LGBT plus community, and in pop culture at large. I'm your co-host, Brendy Ford. And I'm your other co-host, Lenny. You can subscribe, rate, and review on Apple, Google, or Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to follow the show at, at Word of the Gay Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Lenny, darling, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? Oh, no, I actually hosted a delightful dinner party, invited three fellow fabulous gaze over. One of them is my newfound friend that I met two weeks ago. So introducing him to... No, just a friend. Okay. Don't, yeah, you don't... I look so excited. <laughs> I have a male friend. Um, no, 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 he's delightful. Anyway, so we were having a hoot and I cooked up this risotto or as it was referred to me by a, another guy, evening porridge. And um, no, but I had the table set, crystal, everything. It was very, very delightful. And it actually leads me to this week's word. Yes. Which, Which is, is Vogue. It was a very Vogue dinner party. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I was wondering where you were going. How we were going to connect this. Yep, I mean, and you did it. <laughs> Today's word is Vogue. Vogue. So the word Vogue is very much about the prevailing fashion or style of a particular time. Yeah, what's cool. What's cool. (laughs) What's stylish. What's in. What's out. Which is obviously where the magazine, which was founded in 1892, Mm -hmm. took its name. And originally it was a magazine that was targeted at the New York upper class. So high society people. Indeed. Very high society. That had money to spend on like fancy clothes. Yeah, like a nice apron. Yes. Uh, (laughs) An embroidered apron. And I guess in modern... Modern day times, it's actually also now known as a dance style. Yes, which yeah. is what we'll be talking about today. Which is what we will be talking about yep. today. It's no fashion points from Millennial or I today. It's all about uh, the dance style. So the dance style Vogue is actually originally incorporated with dramatic poses that are imitated from that specific magazine. Sharp, dramatic. Jerky, yep. angular, slicing movements. Yep. As such. Face framing. 
I actually read somewhere that it, they get a lot of, I guess, inspiration from Bruce Lee's martial arts. Film. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's also just throwing shade in dance form. Not going to go into what shade is. You'll have to wait for another episode <laughs> if you don't know already. And it's also traditionally performed at balls. Yep. The underground balls. Not talking about those either. No. No. no, no, no <laughs> not today. They're not. No, they're not. But it, voguing is very much an art. It's a sport and it's a way of life. Yeah. And it was originally born out of the intersection of urban poverty, marginalized black and Latin communities and gay and trans identity. So it's kind of the coming together of all those things. But it came out of the ballroom scene in Harlem, in Harlem New York City in the 60s. And then contests started in the early 80s. That's it. Call. Some Vogue was also said to have come from African-American prisons. Interesting. To get the attention of other men and thus then throwing shade. And a lot of gay men and trans women out of prison, <laughs> Brandy, back in the... Oh, we're stepping out. Okay, the, yep. all right, fair enough. <laughs> prison. Fair enough. Um, whether one person created this dance or it kind of came about more naturally or organically as a group of people, the intention is said to be like about creating something that was like passionate and exaggerated and also something where they would obviously idolise, even though this is not a good thing, what they saw as like rich and glamorous white women that would strut down Fifth Avenue. So oh, there were pretty people... Pretty woman. Yeah. <laughs> so they were not only maybe trying to emulate the vision of that, but also maybe having that lifestyle because they were living in poverty, a lot of them, and had such hard yeah. lives. So it was like this kind of unattainable thing that seemed really appealing and attractive. That old saying of the grass is green. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, thank you. Hi. Hello. Do you remember me? No, I'm sorry. I was in here yesterday. You wouldn't wait on me? Oh, you work on commission, right? Uh, yes. Big mistake. Big. Huge. So there are actually three types of voguing. There are, Leonard. Yeah. There are. <laughs> there are indeed. <laughs> the first way is the old way. Uh, old, the old school. Way. Yeah. Pre-1990. <laughs> the best way. Yes, pre-1990. <laughs> We've touched on that more in the intro, which is the kind of duel between two rivals, which usually were competing for separate houses. And you had to pin one down. Yeah, you had to pin one down, mm-hmm. which is... Kind of cool. Trapping the opponent. (laughs) Yep. They're also commentators and they kind of in the style of a beauty pageant, I suppose. Yeah, Yeah. like literally a dance competition. Yep. Dancing with the stars. Minus Sonia Kruger. (laughs) Eleven new stars will take to the floor. But in a world television first, one of them will be dancing blind. And back then it was performed to house and disco music. Yeah, Which is the best time. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) And then you've also got New Way, which is post-1990, characterised with rigid movements, clicks and beats and arms that are a lot of arm control. And more acrobatic as well. Very much so. And it was all about displaying the dancer's dexterity. Some people think that it is too much about the immediate wow, opposed to the old style, which is more about telling a story. More of a narrative, yeah. The shock factor. Yeah. Uh, Like a cheeky death drop. Yep. Yeah. It's very similar to the way that Drag Race is going. It's about the shock factor with some of their movements as opposed to an actual stylized performance yeah, and storytelling. Totally. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly why it changed, but it does seem just like a natural evolution over time with the way that music's changed Definitely. and dance styles. Which leads into um, the third type of Vogue, which is Vogue Femme. Yes. Which is around about sort of 1995. Femme being the French word for woman and the fluidity of movement. So it includes dramatics, which 
focuses on stunts and tricks and speed. But of course, obviously, it's all about being soft. So graceful, beautiful, easy flowing, elegant and very, you know, traditionally ladylike. Man, I feel like a woman. There are five elements, Lenny. Five. The, the five special ingredients <laughs> of Vogue. And they include different movements like the duck walk, which is like... <laughs> a, Love the name. A walking squat. Yep. <laughs> Then you've got the catwalk, which is stock standard runway. You've got hands, which is all about telling the story. Floor work, which is demonstrating sensuality with mm-hmm. rolls and twists and yep. hip thrusts. And then you've got your spins and your dips. Do you enjoy a spin and dip, Brendy? One hundred percent. At a wedding <laughs> earlier this year, yes. I was a at a wedding earlier this year. I was a bridesman, and. <laughs> My groomsmen and I were the first couple to come out and we very much, the bride and groom had said, right, everyone has to pick a song and, you know, when you walk out, you're going to do just like kind of a little number, whatever else, blah, blah, blah. Oh my God. Yeah. They had a wedding party of 14 and the worst thing they did was put me and my partner first because yep. I was like, all right, this is what we're doing. And oh, poor Amrit. He was like, what, what are we doing? I was like, we are walking out to Dinah Ross. I'm coming out. I said, you don't have to do a fucking thing. All you need to do is catch me. He's like, what? And I was like, just catch me. We've, we've, we've been introduced. We strut on out. I'm holding his hand. I've done this massive drag out like Ginger Rogers out of some old fashioned yes. movie. I've then done two double spins thrown myself at him he's caught me dipped me oh thank god there was a photographer in front of us that has snapped this fantastic photo that is my facebook picture for anyone that wants to look at it didn't even see the audience sorry the guests the the wedding guests (laughs) my audience went fucking wild well the rest of the bridal party were in this corridor being like for fuck's sake (laughs) why did he why did you make him go first And they all had to like mum dance their way out and just awkward. Oh, it's great. So, yes, I do enjoy a dip. (laughs) So, people vote for like a number of reasons. Well, you'd know you're a dancer. (laughs) Yes. It's obviously a form of like self-expression. Self-expression. And also being able to do that without the threat of physical danger or verbal harassment, especially back then in the old times that they would have experienced in the outside world. A member of the community since 1975 said that it was like a way to kind of dance away the pain. A house, a house, let's see, let's see if we can put it down sharply. They're families. You can say that, they're families. For a lot of children who don't have families. So the culture surrounding Vogue includes houses. And, mm-hmm. you know, these more so metaphoric houses. Yeah. And they serve as an alternative family for these dancers. Yes, yeah. Some of them, you know, primarily African-American, Latino, gay, gender non-conforming or transgender mm-hmm. individuals. And the houses are led by a mother and father, drag queen or king. And they serve as like a parental figure because often these kids, um, not even, not Homeless, necessarily kids, yeah, being kicked, kicked out, out of home. home. Yeah. Their families have turned their back on yeah. them type situation. But the house members, you know, adopt the name of that particular house of the mother or father. Yeah, it's their surname. Yeah. So yeah. You, and there's so many, like there's House of Extravaganza, House of Princess, Dupree, Amazon, Ebony, Garcon, Ninja, Aviance. Yeah. House of Aviance. I just <laughs> love saying it. I'm like, I just want to spray something. And also the houses actually took their name from like the fashion houses. Yes. Yep. So it's always the house of. My name is Angie Extravaganza and I am the mother of the House of Extravaganza. 
that. So when the the houses emerged, it was during the AIDS crisis in America, a particularly important time for people to have that support. And it affected those minorities like a lot more. And even still, because there are still houses and there's still balls and there's still Vogue culture in 2018. But even though like, for example, black, gay and bisexual men represent only 2% of the US population, they are still the most affected by AIDS. Really? Um, and it's actually been on a steady increase with new infections since the early 90s. I mean, it's important to note, though, that the options for treating HIV have improved dramatically. Yes. Except, though, for minorities in America, it's less accessible to them. And even drugs like PrEP to prevent HIV are so expensive, like Mm -hmm. $2,000 a month or something. I don't know if that's right. But something crazy like that if you don't have healthcare, which a lot of people can't afford. America faces a disease that is fatal in spreading, and this calls for urgency, not panic. So in 1990, Madonna released her single Vogue and the iconic black and white video shot by David Fincher, where she pays tribute to the golden age of Hollywood and channels Marlena Dietrich. Mm -hmm. It was off her I'm Breathless album. (laughs) And obviously, given the popularity at the time, this drew like widespread attention to voguing. And she was introduced to Louise and Jose Extravaganza of the House of Extravaganza through a friend of a friend. And she actually hired them to do the choreography for the Vogue video and go on tour with her. And then there was five other dancers who she found through auditions. And the audition ad read, open audition for fierce male dancers who know the meaning of troop style, beat boy and Vogue. Wimps and wannabes need not apply. (laughs) Gold. (laughs) Good on Madonna. Because she would sit in downtown clubs in the actual DJ booth and watch specific dancers. Yeah, she was great at finding talent. Very much so. And being... Well, I wouldn't want to use the word Vogue, but yeah, ahead of her time. ahead of her time. Yeah, totally. From that, she hired five other dancers and she launched her Blonde Ambition World Tour, which was just like a crazy pop spectacle. And basically she created modern pop as we know it. So we should all be forever grateful. Um, And and we are. Yes, and we are. It was one of the most controversial events in music history for its depiction of sex, use of religious iconography and homosexuality. And it wasn't long after this that she had been doing like a prayer yeah the the church didn't like that and the pope didn't like it either when she went to rome and tried to get everyone to stop going to many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com the concert it was filmed there was a documentary she's really close with they're all they're a little family um she's very caring and maternal with her dancers with her dancers oh, yeah she has her own little house yeah she has Cute. the house of madonna yeah house of madge i just want to say because we're probably going to like criticize madonna a little bit i won't be <laughs> well i will be <laughs> but i do want to say i was like fascinated and obsessed with madonna as a child which i know is pretty common probably for little girls and gay Me. boys <laughs> But she was definitely, like, my first crush as well, but I didn't realise until a little bit later. It was definitely her mix of, like, over-the-top sexuality in lyrics and dance. No, well before that. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. And just like the theatrics as well and just like the great music. When I was like eight, I asked my mum to take me to Evita, the movie. So this is how young the obsession started. And I went and watched that terrible film and had the terrible soundtrack and we listened to it in the car on a tape. So anyway, my mum had a coffee, not of, it was the tour after, which was like the erotica tour called The Girly Show. Um, And she had a copy of that on VHS and she knew how obsessed I was with Madonna. You know, I had like other videos and stuff, but that one she was always like, I think it's not appropriate because you're like 10. But anyway, that actually piqued my curiosity even more. So I like took it down to our basement and watched it a bunch of times. It's very explicit. You have a basement? It wasn't, it was like a, (laughs) it was like a room next to the garage, but that makes it sound a bit more sorted. Yeah, I watched it so many times in secret. When she's listening, she's going to find out now. I watched it the other night. I forgot how many, like, how many breasts there are, girls making out. There's an orgy. Full on. Wow. But it really helped me open up my sexuality, I suppose, in some way. Yeah. They say that you can't do the masturbation scene tonight, otherwise you'll be arrested. So what's considered masturbation? When you stick your hand in your crotch. It's pretty racy in some sections. I don't know if you could take it two nights in a row. In regards to Vogue, there were definitely criticisms at the time, although we're a lot more in touch with these issues now, of um, cultural appropriation. So basically, it's like profiting off a subculture, which kind of equals exploitation. Removing something out of the context of the culture therefore kind of erasing the history of it right. um, I mean, and the meaning. So, she wouldn't be the first celebrity. No, she's certainly that. not. And with Vogue, for example, like it makes no references to like the LGBT plus community. No, it's purely yeah, fashion. It's purely fashion. She you know lists like a long list of golden age celebrities, but I mean, I know it was a golden age, but why are there no black people? That's also a problem. You know, her dancers, while she did, you know, love them and care for them at the time, that all kind of ended after the tour and she continued to perform the song and make money from it without them afterwards. She's the person to profit most from it. Yeah, but I mean, the difference, Lenny, with that is that it was a job. When you do a show, you know, you might be doing it for three months or you might be doing it for six months. It's almost like that cast become a family and for three months you're living, eating and breathing with these people. And then once it's done, it's just like, okay, bye. Yeah, that totally makes sense. If you actually watch the documentary Strike a Pose, it covers this a lot and it does, in some cases, make sense why she lost contact, you know, with the dancers that were her family for a period of time. Like she's under no obligation. A lot of them felt like that contract is a contract yeah, yeah um three of them did sue though one was about money that wasn't paid one was about in the documentary truth or dare one of the young really young dancers who passed away like shortly after the tour or after the documentary came out because he had hiv he asked her not to use a kiss with another man in it because he was like not comfortable with his sexuality and she was telling him that he was ashamed of himself you know just to be who he is and really it's not really her place to say and he was struggling with his own things allegedly so she included in the documentary he wasn't happy so he sued her for like forced outing you can watch strike a pose and it covers this like a lot more Um, and it's really really interesting to see their side of the story and sadly quite a few of them did actually end up having HIV but it's just so interesting such a small group so it just really speaks about the time and being a gay man and then also like you know Latin or black at the time and like how susceptible you were to these things and then it just kind of comes back to why to have Vogue and not make any reference to those minorities even if it's gay or if it's like a person of colour 
she wasn't aware of it and she didn't do it on purpose, it still is problematic in like a broader context. Yeah. yeah. Somebody so she, definitely should have informed her if she wasn't aware well, of it. Well, yeah, it's like now thinking now we're like, how could you not have known? Like, you know, she uses all the dancing and stuff and that's great. But nothing else is about the vogue of that time. So, yeah, we were looking at it from a 2018 perspective. We now know better. There was a whole other backstage, you know, that you didn't get to see that none of us were ready to talk about. And it's hard because this is the first time, so. Having said all of that, she's done a lot of positive work for the LGBTI community. Definitely, yeah. She's raised awareness for the AIDS epidemic and promoting safe sex. Yeah. Big advocate for that. Yeah. And also just giving us imagery of gay people in, like, music videos and in concerts as well. Like, a lot of it. Yeah. Which is great. Even, you know, in the 80s and early 90s, that wasn't super common. Hence why she was so controversial. And, I mean, yeah. her biggest message, I think, to everybody is about being yourself and expressing yourself. Hit it! <laughs> Vogue has been revived over the last few years within the LGBT community into a very much a mainstream yeah, totally. way. I think YouTube and RuPaul have a lot to, to thank for. And even Vanessa Hudgens is so into voguing right now. I'm so into voguing right now. I had to check that it wasn't always here and actually has had a revival because I've just been noticing like so much media yeah. about it. And also like trans issues being more in people's consciousness, us making some progress in terms of understanding and acceptance, although of course they're still very marginalized. It's very much about acceptance. Yeah. You know, mainstreaming for somebody that maybe isn't involved in it that sits back and is just like, oh my God, it's a drag queen or oh my God, it's a great yeah. dancer, blah, blah, blah. And you know, they see it as a novelty. Yeah. It's about embracing the fabulousness, but not being blinded by the smoke and mirrors. Yeah, and totally. knowing that there is a history yeah. behind there. I came out in like 2006. At that time, being homosexual, it was not nothing that a lot of people were proud of, a lot of people hid. And because you had to hide that, you found these houses, and you in these houses you had house mothers and you had house fathers. These was the people who made sure you got to school every day. These was the people who made sure you ate. Now, the biggest Vogue documentary that I think you and I can both agree on mm -hmm. is the 1990 documentary by Jeannie Livingston, Paris is Burning. Yeah. Huge. Huge. Yeah. Huge. I watched that um, back in 2013 with my roommate and it was just so full on and confronting. I'd actually never heard of Vogue or Ballroom before. Yeah. It was such an experience to watch that. It's important, I think, that we consider Paris is Burning as like an original text and when we hear like a lot of gay slang that yes. especially is very mainstream now that featured in the film that people like remember or acknowledge that it did come from that one very specific ball scene and not say from RuPaul's drag race. Absolutely. And because it does have its criticisms which I can't see personally but no one else was making a documentary about that oh. group of people and shining a light on these issues nothing about it comes across as exploitive it's really really beautiful it is the house of la beja is the legendary house above all of them i have the most members i'm the most popular new york city is wrapped up in being la beja so willie so. ninja who actually featured in that documentary famous choreographer yeah friend of madonna i think for a while oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> until she didn't pay him uh. <laughs> he had his own single called hot he got a lot of publicity post Paris is Burning. He had his own song, which is pretty good, actually. Yeah. Like a house song of the time, and he dances in it. You have now just experienced a ninja fantasy. 
And there's also the song by Malcolm McLaren, uh, which precedes Madonna, called mm. Deep in Vogue. Yes. Now, he was the manager of the Sex Pistols, yeah. 1989. 1989, yeah. Yeah, and he operated this famous Chelsea boutique called Sex with his girlfriend, Vivian Westwood. I know, he's done a lot of, he had his hands in a lot of yeah. pies, he, is he, that what you say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> lots of fingers and lots of pies. Oh. And he dedicated that song to the actual ballroom scene in New York City. Yeah, totally. This is like a tribute to voguing done right. He uses Willie Ninja, who I just mentioned in the video Hot and from Paris is Burning, and other members of the community, even the song lyrics. He says this is a special tribute to the House of New York, La Beja, Extravaganza. He said it's not easy because often Madonna tried to make it like it was just go with the music, just Vogue. And it's like, it's really hard dance. <laughs> it, it's fucking hard. It really is. That's, yeah. <laughs> Their hands and I've move so to, fast. I've been to a Vogue class and I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. La Beja, an extravaganza. Manacee, I was actually at a house party with one of our fellow lip media work colleagues. Yes. Mr. Justin Porter. It was his birthday. Yep. And I was leaving and there was a Vogue competition happening in his living oh, room. Oh, wow. I didn't realise. So I walked across the ballroom floor yep. to say goodbye to the host, Justin, yep. who was Voguing. Good Lord, did I get thrown one shade <gasps> and two pretty much across the room with her hands because she was like an angry wombat dancing. <laughs> She was voguing like there was no tomorrow and I had no idea. (laughs) There's the 2004 song by the Scissor Sisters. I don't feel like dancing. No, it's tits on the radio. (laughs) Of course you'd bring that up. And it makes reference to the voguing community of the 1990s and how Lady M jacked their fame. Shady. Yeah, that's that's some shade right there. (laughs) But I mean, there's so many notable pop celebrities and artists that have been influenced by Vogue besides Madonna. You know, you've got Beyonce, Rihanna, FKA Twigs, who's choreographed by the House of Milan. Yeah, I think that FKA Twigs is the only one there that actually is kind of trained Vogue. She does it properly. It's not like an inspiration in her dance. It's like she just fully vogues. Yeah. I'm sorry. Have you ever seen... Have I seen Beyonce Vogue? No. No. (laughs) And at the moment, there's actually a Vicein series on SBS On Demand for our Australian listeners who are interested Ah. in a new style of Vogue called My House. My House. Yeah. I think it's an eight or ten part series, so very comprehensive. And in the United States, the new series called Pose by one of our favourites here, Ryan Murphy. Oh, my God. Is out. (laughs) And it features many trans actors. And he's learnt from the mistakes of the past and got a lot of people to educate him and be involved in the process, which is great. Yeah, I'll be watching it. How does someone as talented as you wind up dancing for a whole bunch of junkies? I want to be a star. You ever consider joining a house? What do you mean? Well, a house is a family you get to choose. I have bigger dreams of performing at some ball. And lastly, but not least, we've got the most Vogue-appropriate film of the century. That's true, yeah. Magic Mike XXL. <laughs> Definitely. Channing yep. Tatum and his straight troop of straight male strippers yep. go to a gay bar and they enter themselves into a best amateur queen Vogue yes. competition. And I believe they win. I've got to say, I actually <laughs> loved this movie. I enjoyed the second one a lot more than the yes, first one. The first so... one was dark. Yeah. Whereas the second I, one had a lot of comedy about it. Yeah. Like I did like both, but this one was so much fun. He's just delicious. He can Vogue anytime. <laughs> Brendy says it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
Thanks for listening to this week's Word of the Gay Vogue special. I hope we didn't shit on Madonna too much. Not too much. She deserves it a little bit. (laughs) Problematic queen. And don't forget to subscribe, rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. And follow the show at Word of the Gay Pod on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And tell your friends if you think they'd be interested in our show. Tell everyone. Yes. (laughs) Or not. (laughs) Everyone. Oh, Lenny, it's been an absolute hoot as always. Bye. Bye. 